Thank you for downloading episode 114 of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Soiree just looking for his options. I think Papa's going to go long with his orange boots. Down the line he goes. Headed clear by Sean Clare. Picked up in the middle of the park though. But then Cole Stockton picks his pocket off. Right, so a shot there is. Oh! What an unbelievable finish that is. It's this Cole Stockton of old. Hey, and that is a fantastic start for the Shrimps inside the first eight minutes here at the Valley. And it's to Cole Stockton of last season. Picked the ball up. Saw the keeper off his line. And it's a howitzer from 30 yards into the top corner to make it Charlton Athletic nil, Morecambe 1. I did not see that coming when he picked up the ball at his feet. That is an absolutely tremendous finish. Um, Catches the goalkeeper off guard. Gets so much quality behind the ball and that could be a really, really key moment in the game. Eight minutes in, 1-0 ahead. Now just can we keep the game quiet for the next 10 minutes just to breathe. I think the reaction of the the Morecambe support said it all. That's the Cole Stockton we need to see in the next three games. It's called seventh goal of the campaign. He's now scored in back-to-back fixtures for the first time this season as well. But wow, wow, wow. Pit that one out. 30 yards out. Saw the keeper just a few yards off his line. He wasn't really off his line, actually, Maynard Brew. Just a, a couple of yards from his byline. And he just curled it deliciously past his outstretched right hand into the top corner. It's a dream start for the Shrimps at Charlton Athletic nil. Morecambe won in the ninth minute. Crowley gets it into Weir. Might fall for Stockton on the back oh. post. He should break the net and make it 2-0. And he's put it over the bar. It's a goal kick and the flag stays down. What a chance for the Shrimps to double their advantage. Dan Crowley down the right-hand side. Cross came in, it beat Jensen Weir, it fell to Cole, he's got to break the net from there three yards out, and he smashed it over the bar. But here come the addicts over the halfway line with Morgan, Sessegnon. Halfway line is Dobson, tries to fizz it into the feet of... Raksaki, on the edge of the area. Here's Sessegnon, here's Jack Payne, angles tie, it's into the back of the net for the equaliser. And right on the stroke of half-time, all of Morgan's work has been undone. It was nice, intricate play through the middle of the park initially. Jack Payne found himself in space on the left-hand side of the Morgan penalty area. He just drilled it across a six-yard box. And there was, I'm not sure who it came off last, but it flew into the back of the net past Connor Ripley to make it right on the stroke of half-time. That's what I just said three minutes ago, big moments and big games. If Cole Stockton scores a second there, that probably doesn't happen um, and there's going to need to be a reaction now um, because, to be fair, Morka Boone on top in the first half. I was just thinking about my first half assessment there in my head when yeah. they scored and you're going, they've, they've put a lot into the game and probably could be two goals up. I think if Morka were 2-0 up, I think it would be a fair reflection on the first half. 100%. It's 1-1 now. Cooney did really well there, just the shoulder charge. 
Albie Morgan off the ball and Walker on the edge of the area here. Cole Stockton's going to put it into the back of the net and the flag has stayed down and Morkham through Cole the goal find themselves 2-1 up here at the Valley. Tell you what, Jensen Weir, 11 out of 10 for that ball. That is a sensational ball from Jensen Weir and the, the clever thing with that ball that's in towards the, the back post area he gives the goalkeeper a decision to make. Does the goalkeeper come for it, come for it, or doesn't he? And he's tried to, but he can't get there close enough. And Cole's brilliant. He put himself in that position to, to knock on from close range. But I have to say, for me, that goal is all about the delivery from Jensen Weir. And can I say, hats off to Ryan Cooney as well in the middle of the park. Uh, there was a shoulder to shoulder with Albie Morgan and the Charlton Athletic midfielder was screaming for a free kick and the referee just tapped his, his own shoulders to say well that was a fair 50-50 it should have been stronger in the challenge there asked him to get to his feet we went down the right hand side but what a ball from Weir and Cole Stockton does what all good number nines do and that is lurk with intent from close range when the ball finds you and Cole gets it in at the back post and on 58 minutes listen to this it's Charlton 1 Morecambe 2 Cole Stockton drives it on nearly towards the top of the net and Goal. it's going to be tapped in by Jensen Weir flag stays down and more can find themselves 3-1 up here at the Valley it was Cole Stockton with it Crowley fed him in the edge of the area the shot from 20 yards wobbled all over the shot too hot to handle from Ashley Maynard Brewer and there was Jensen Weir lurking six yards out to tap home the rebound for his 11th goal of the season and on 64 minutes it's Charlton 1 Morecambe 3 it's getting better and better and better for the Shrimps Dave for so many times this season I've sat at games home and away and I've gone you know those little breaks those little uh, momentum changers the, the little bits of luck that have evaded us that is a great bit of luck to land at our feet because it's a great effort from Cole Stockton he cuts inside from the left hand side in his right foot really puts a superb effort towards Ashwin our brewer to be fair to, to the goalkeeper gets a great save to it but the fact that Jensen Muir's running in and just reacts first and gets there that's the break and again it's similar to that Cole Stockton one in the first half when you get that break you've got to make it count and they've made that one count and fair play to Jensen Muir because he deserves it for the, the assist for the for the second goal he deserved a goal for that Jensen's 11th goal of the season and our second away win of the campaign just at the right time is now very very much on on 65 minutes Shrimps live on Beyond Radio listen to this it's Charlton Athletic 1 Morecambe 3 and I can say for absolute certainty that this is the first time in the league this season that we have scored three times away from home that's towards the Left-hand side it goes, sub Scott Fraser, Thomas and Hector again inside the centre circle, Albie Morgan, Claire right-hand side, infield it goes to Jazz Raksaki, edge of the box, twisting and turning, Sean Clare inside the area, draws the ball across, there's Fraser to reduce the arrears to 3-2. And we backed off a little bit too far there. We just allowed Charlton just to get towards the edge of the box. It was a little cute ball down the right-hand side. And Fraser, the substitute off the bench, was allowed to turn and fire it left-footed past Connor Ripley's left hand. And with 11 minutes to go here at the Valley, it's Charlton Athletic 2, Morecambe 3. Yeah, just the bit I said there about the, the mentally stay switched on. Um, you know, they move the ball quick and sharp. They react at first. Um, Probably not tight enough. Uh, I'm just watching the replay here. It's probably not tight enough there. Yeah, gives them too much uh, 
room to, to turn in the box, which is what you don't want to do. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Goal kick taken by Connor Ripley. Referee puts the whistle to his lips and brings proceedings to the close here at the Valley. It is a vital, it is a crucial, it could be a season-defining three points for the Shrimps. 217 days after we beat Forest Green Rovers in League One, we finally get our second away win of the season and that will lift Morecambe to within goal difference of League One safety with two games of the season to play. We've hung on for all three points at Charlton Athletic 2, Morecambe 3. History repeats itself from 12 months ago. I'm going to quote Derek Adams from this week. Miracles can happen twice and not just at Christmas. Um, I, I just said it there in the final seconds of the game. Today's result comes down to character, personality, commitment, endeavour, um, and, and Morecambe had it in spadefuls. To that 220 fans down in that corner, they deserve that because it's been a difficult season. Um, and they deserve it. And as a football club, um, it's it, you know, it's such a defining day, uh, and we hope it keeps us alive in, in the race to stay in the division. Um, and I thought some of the performances, individually, collectively, the goals we scored, really good quality, and um, it gives us something really, really big to build on. We've gone three games undefeated, 0-0 with Portsmouth at Fratton Park, 1-0 win against Wickham at home last weekend, come down to the Valley in front of 13,500 fans in an iconic stadium like this, and win the game 3-2 in the fashion you have is absolute credit to every single person. The great escape's on, Dale, isn't it? It's as simple as that. It can be. It can be. I wouldn't say it is, but I'd say it can be um, because the potential is there for the points to do it. I don't like the phrase great escape. Um, I, you know, Derek on his motorbike. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, to me it's can you go out and take the points you need to remain in this division and uh, we all just hope that today will play a big part in that being the case. Well, Morecambe have, got, have taken seven points from their last three games as Connor Ripley gives a proper good fist pump to the 220 travelling shrimps what's this going to do for the squad's confidence we know the togetherness is all, is, has always been there but what's it going to do for the confidence going into the last two games Steve it doesn't do anything for the confidence because the confidence has been there you know so the, what it gives them is the encouragement that what they're doing is correct I talked about it during the game the shape the shape was so important today because that was the one thing that probably could have been directed at Derek after the game against Charlton up at up at, uh, up at the Mazuma was the, the shape and how it was executed. But that today was nigh on perfection um, from the manager, a manager that needs and deserves a hell of a lot of credit uh, for what he's delivered for this football club. And for me, if he keeps Morecambe in the division this season, the EFL need to look at their... Uh, their manager of the season contenders because for me and I know I may sound biased because I work for Morgan Football Club but I think when you look at uh, everything that uh, Derek contends with um, to, if he was to keep Morgan in the division that would be beyond a miracle and that's the thing Dale isn't it I know you've got to go and do post-match duties in a second so I won't keep you for, for, for very much longer but that's the thing isn't it with all the off-field stuff that's gone on the ownership issue that's dragged on for six months now Wages being late last month, no absolute guarantee about what might or might may or may not happen 
next week either in the backdrop of all of that and budgets and Derek spoke about it didn't he in his pre-match press conference about the financial fair play rules and the, the salary management protocol that we have to work within with the 60% margin of turnover and we just can't compete with the turnover of the big clubs all of that to be where we are and, and with a chance of staying in League One for a third successive season and a genuine chance as well with two games of the season to play that is incredible it, it is um, but again anyone that knows Derek John McMahon Baz which a lot of people will know Baz um, and, and that group of players and the staff that are at this football club they're never defeated um, even when you lose a game you're not defeated because if you, if, you, if you can't go to the 46th game, if you can't go to the 96th minute in games, there's no point in turning up at a football stadium to play a game. Um, and that's what I will say about um, being here today. A lot of people would have come here with nervousness today. I didn't because I'm comfortable enough um, in my head that as a member of staff at the football club, I know that there's a group of players and a group of football staff there that go out and and almost, uh, you know, they showcase the morals and the principles that I, I'm proud to possess myself. Um, hard work, determination. So, you know, when you're a member of staff at a football club, you want that team and that squad and that staff to to be to, for something that you can buy into. And it certainly is for me. And uh, listen, I, I don't want to single people out, but I think the performance is all over the football pitch today. Whether you look at the goalkeeper, the defence, the midfield, the 4-2-3-1, excellently executed. The 4-4-2 in attack, excellently executed. Um, and what it does is it will give us a platform to build on for the remaining two games. Going to do a rallying cry again. I did it after Barnsley. If you're not at the Mazuma Stadium next Saturday at 3 o'clock, you need to have a very good reason. This is when your football club needs you to back them. This is the this isn't the eleventh hour. This is the eleventh fifty ninth hour, um, eleven fifty nine even. You know, and next weekend is a fantastic opportunity to again go and pitch ourselves in a position that we can go and compete with Lincoln and uh, hopefully try and put ourselves in a in a in a good position. Dale Prime McDonald, head of media and communications at Morecambe Football Club, is a Thank pleasure you. as ever to have you on uh, co commentary. Well, Derek, a fantastic three two win for you today. Just your thoughts overall. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, another great performance from us. Um, you know, we've had four really tough games. Uh, we've had Plymouth Argyle, we've had Portsmouth, we've had Wickham, and we've had now Charlton. And uh, this is twice we've come here in 1-3-2. But today's performance was was excellent. You know, we got off to a great start with a goal from uh, Cole Stockton, a magnificent strike, and uh, we deserved it. Uh, we passed the ball well, we controlled the game, and uh, you could just see from the players at the start of the game they were right at it. And uh, coming here, because we know the venue, it's a fantastic stadium to play in, we know last season how well we had done last season and uh, you know to go in at half time 1-1 was probably a wee bit unjust because we could have gone 2-0 ahead uh, with a chance just before that um, but the attitude and application in the second half was was top notch we went 3-1 ahead and uh, you know we could have scored more in the second half they were a threat with cross balls into the area they eventually get one back to make it 3-2 but over the afternoon, did they create a lot of opportunities? No is the answer. And uh, we controlled large spells of the game coming here. You started the game, as you say. It reminded me of that uh, Sulphur game a couple of years ago. You were so at it. You closed them down so quickly. Was that after the game? Did you watch the game again from a few weeks ago and see what, how they played? 
we're at the stage in the season where it's just important of getting a win. I said that to them today. I said before the game, this is your last game of the season. You've got three games to go, but honestly, this is your last. We've got to win this game uh, today. And that's what they were out and played like. And uh, they got the rewards of doing that because they played it as their last game of football. And uh, if you do that, then you can give yourselves a great opportunity. Uh, I thought from... The goalkeeper, the defence, the strikers, the midfielders, they worked ever so hard to, to stop, which is, you know, an excellent Charlton, you know, side. If you know, you look at Charlton, they lost six point five million last year, you know, and we can't even get a penny to spend and it just shows you the difference in calibre of club. But what we've got is we've got a group of players that work ever, ever so hard uh, for our football club. And it's so good to see Cole Stockton do what he did so often last year again. Yeah, I mean, magnificent today. I thought his work rate was was really good. He could have got a hat-trick, but uh, he was involved in all the goals. And great for Jensen. We're also to get a, a goal and an assist today. But Cole uh, was a target man today. And that is what Cole Stockton is. He holds the ball and he takes others into play. But not only that, he's got an eye for goal. And uh, I thought that uh, he was excellent today. Two wins in two gives you a right chance now, doesn't it? It does. We've given ourselves an opportunity. We've taken it to, you know, two games to go in the season. Nobody can ask for any more of this football club because uh, it's a really tough division that we are in, and uh, we are fighting uh, to stay in it. And uh, we've, you know, been behind the teams in front of us. We're catching them. We've gone past uh, ones today, which uh, has really helped us. One player spotted last two games, Josh Osterfield, has come in for his first starts. And he's, he's not let you down at all, is he? No, Josh, you know, is a young player. He's on loan. He's signed a contract with Huddersfield to 2026. That tells you what they think about him. I think that him and Gibson alongside him were excellent because they do the work for the likes of Crawley, uh, Weir and Ganoa, the dirty side of the game. Uh, not to say that they can't do that, but they work ever so hard. And I, I thought that, you know, Ryan Cooney coming in was excellent today for which is his first game for a long while, the two centre-halves. And, you know, Pap unfortunately had to go off because he's played a lot of games in a short space of time. Lincoln City at home next Saturday, you'll want everyone behind you. It should be a great atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, the supporters will be there in their numbers uh, on Saturday and they'll be supporting uh, the football club, the players, to, to get another victory. And uh, we'll be all guns blazing and trying to get that. You talked about the miracle of midweek. It's not quite Christmas, but uh, it's still on. It is still on, and uh, that's uh, anyone can ever ask for. We've had trying circumstances. The players have knuckled down. They've shown what uh, this football club means to them. They've given the supporters that travelled here in their numbers today something to be delighted about for either their time in London or their time going back up the road. And uh, the supporters have not been able to get here. We'll have seen another fabulous victory away to Charlton. Derek, a fantastic performance. Well done. Thank you. Just a couple from me, Derek, if I may. Um, we spoke last week, didn't we, about having the rub of the green, playing well, but having that stroke of luck as well. Cole's goal going in the top corner and not going in the stands. The ball from the third goal falling nicely for Jensen rather than going behind him. And those little margins have started to go our way as well. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had a lot of margins go the opposite way this season. And uh, you're correct, uh, we haven't had the run of the ball at times. But today, you know, it fell for us. And, uh, you know, I think that... Uh, that has obviously helped us uh, in certain aspects, but I thought, you know, all round today, uh, it was a, a really good performance. And you weren't on the touchline last Saturday. You weren't on the touchline today either. What was the thinking behind that? 
Um, I wasn't. I was. I was, and I wasn't today. Um, I moved a, a number of times up and down. I just feel that, you know, I enjoyed last week being uh, in the stand and, and watching it from there because you get a better idea of the game. Uh, I felt today that um, I wanted to do it again and uh, see how it went, and uh, I enjoyed it I, I, again. And uh, you know. It, mobile telephone to the dugout uh, text messages to the dugout I could come up and down and uh, it gives everyone as a team uh, you know responsibilities and uh, I know John McMahon and, and, and Baz uh, are exhausted and uh, <laughs> they said to me I don't know how you do it it is hard on that touchline but uh, as a group uh, from the physiotherapist to the head of media to everyone kit man you know you, you see Les what it means to Les is, is unbelievable and to be fair he pulls me through hey, some days because um, I know what that football club means to him. And finally, Derek, are you looking at the table or are you just concentrating on the next two games? I am looking at the table uh, and I am looking at the next two games. Uh, and, you know, we all look at the results. And, you know, that's the beauty of being in the stand. I can actually see the results coming through as well. It, it's, uh, it's, I'm able to, to keep an eye on things because then uh, it can be a situation where we have to change quite quickly. Enjoy the wing gaffers, high travels. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want, yeah. uh, when Cole put it over the bar, yeah. it's a different break and they got a goal back. Did you think that you know, maybe it wasn't going to be your day after all because that kind of thing does, uh, it, does go against a team down It, it goes through your head that oh, it's not another one of these days where you know we have a good domination in the game, then we miss that opportunity. But the players at half time I thought they spoke really well uh, when they came into the dressing room and uh, that was really pleased you know for me because when they um, were speaking in a positive frame of mind because I've seen the game from, from where I was and they, I thought they were fantastic and uh, the goal that they lost just before half time didn't set them back yeah and, and uh, actually it turned out that at the end they chopped fans boot their own team off so when you go away that's always a good yeah, I mean, that, that's a barometer that you, you want to have and uh, I think that uh, any away team come to uh, a fixture like this, um, you want your, your own supporters uh, not to, well, the away supporters not to be happy. Well, Jacob, a fantastic 3-2 win over Charlton today. Exactly the same scoreline as last year and exactly the same sort of game you played in that one. How was it today? Yeah, I think it was very similar to last year. Um, I think first half we were excellent. Um, we could have been two or three up and... They had one chance at the end, scored it. So we went in 1-1 and, and in a um, change room, we kind of spoke to each other, the gaffer spoke, and we just said, listen, it's there for us, boys. And, um, yeah, the boys are excellent for 90 minutes and, and we managed to get the win, yeah. I've watched you all season, obviously, watched for a few seasons, but when that goal went in at half-time, I had a thought that we've seen this before and the lads have, you know, the heads have dropped. But that didn't happen today. No, I think because of the last three games, um, we've built up a real, real solid kind of thought process. We stick together. We're, we're not like killing ourselves in games since the Barnsley game. We've been in every game that we've played. Um, so we just got in at half time. We spoke to each other. Everyone was calm, composed. And then we just came out second half and tried our best. And, and Cole was at his, his best today. And Gents was running like crazy. Every, everyone was, was top class, yeah. As a defender, it must be so nice for you to see Cole do that again. Yeah, I remember um, Cambridge away last year, he put one in the, in the postage stamp and I was right behind it. And then today I was right behind that first one as well. And when I saw that go in, I was, uh, yeah, I was happy. <laughs> again, very similar to last year. They did put some pressure on you towards the end, but as a defence, you held pretty firm. Yeah, um, we, we were resolute. The midfield were excellent in front of us, kept working all game. 
And uh, when you free one at a place like this, it's always going to be the pressure's going to pile up like it did last year. The same happened this year. And it's just about staying firm as a team, working hard, managing the game. And I think our game management today, after we went, after it went 3-2, I, th I thought we were really good. Two wins from two. Two games to go. You're in this, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's seven from nine. Um, so we've got momentum now. Um, and we've just got to keep that going. Obviously, it's going to be bouncing at, um, at home next Saturday. Um, and we've just got to go out there and, and do what we've done these last two games. When the pressure's on, we just need to perform and stay composed, stay relaxed and, and just do our job. I remember speaking to you quite a while back and you said, we've got a squad to do this this year. And uh, at the minute, you've proven that's the case. Yeah, I think from the start of the year, I thought the squad that, that was assembled was more than good enough to stay in this league. Um, I think there's been games in this, in this season where we could have won, we could have snatched more points. Um, but then there's other games where we've let ourselves down. But I think these last three, we've really shown what we're about. We've stuck together. The group of lads is one of the best I've ever been involved with. So there's a belief there and, and we've just got to go into these next two games with positive mindsets and, and try and get those points that we need. Lincoln City home next week. That's going to be a massive game, isn't it, for everyone? Yeah, it's a it's a big game. They're all big games at this this time of the year when we're in the position we're in. Um, we've given, given ourselves a really good chance now, a fighting chance. And uh, three weeks ago, people wouldn't have been saying that. So we've just got to stay composed, stay calm, and go out there next Saturday and, and get those three points again. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Uh, thanks so much for downloading this episode really appreciate it they are always available of course via apple google spotify simply search the shrimps verdicts and always at the podcast section at beyondradio.co.uk your support as ever really appreciated as is your ears and your eyes on shrimps live what an afternoon we had in southeast london yesterday an amazing result for the shrimps history repeating itself once more and it is all set fair for next saturday isn't it uh, now as i speak to you uh, right this very moment i am recording this on sunday Sunday morning, the day after the game, uh, Oxford have a game in hand against Cheltenham on Tuesday. So you might be listening to this uh, after Oxford have played on Tuesday. So this situation might be slightly different. But uh, if Cheltenham uh, can beat Oxford, it would be so set up. Or, or at least if Oxford don't win, uh, it would be set up amazingly, wouldn't it? Going into uh, the huge game at the Mazuma on Saturday, where theoretically, if we were to get uh, a positive result, we could find ourselves out of the League One relegation zone. Uh, going into the final game of the season uh, on the 7th of May against Exeter. I think that is now our next step. We've done amazingly well to get to where we've got to. Next step as well, it will count for nothing if we lose on Saturday, of course, and Oxford win. And if they win on Tuesday as well, like that, that would, have, of course, not be great news for us either. Uh, but uh, let's concentrate on the next step in hand, which is getting a vital victory at the Mazuma against Lincoln City next Saturday. A team that beat us at their place earlier in the campaign and who had a fantastic victory against Wickham Wanderers themselves this weekend. It's not going to be an easy task, but we know at the Mazuma, uh, with the crowd behind us, uh, anything is possible. If you're not going to the game, we would love your company on Shrimps Live, of course, but we want you to go to the Mazuma Stadium. Change your plans if you have to. Do whatever you need to do uh, to get there. Let's try and pack the place out and really roar the lads onto what could be a crucial victory in our fight to stay in League One. If you can't get down to the game, uh, of course, as ever, full match commentary on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio or Beyond FM and 
and DAB Plus from 2.45 for the whole game live. And ahead of the match, I've been talking to Gary Hutchinson. Gary is uh, the uh, presenter of the amazing Stacey West podcast. It's also uh, a Twitter feed, uh, social media and, and a blog, of course, as well, about all things. In- now, Gary has done so many things uh, over the years for Lincoln, including being a mascot for many, many years as well, as you'll hear him talk about there. Uh, a Lincoln City super fan, the ideal man then to get the full lowdown on Mark Kennedy's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. So, Gary, thanks for jumping back on the pod again. Uh, it's always great to chat. Now, uh, before we get going, for the uninitiated, for the one or two that haven't heard of the Stacey West, uh, tell us all about what it is. Yep. Uh, so the Stacey West is a blog, uh, a podcast and a video channel uh, covering all things Lincoln City. Um, started in 2016, but it was before the Cowleys, so it wasn't a bandwagon jumping thing. And uh, it, I, I don't mind me saying, Gary, it is comprehensive. You do all sorts. You do podcasts, you do blogs, you do social media. You, you kind of cover the whole lot. We try to, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it started as the written word and then things have just generally evolved from there. So uh, the podcast is, is pretty good. Um, we've even done a live podcast with the manager. So we, we work closely with the club. So we did a, a live show with 200 guests at the ground uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, which was, was really exciting. So, yeah, it's just it's just great fun. Let's uh, talk about your season then, Gary, if we may. Uh, let's talk about your home form uh, uh, first. I'm sure you are sick and tired of people asking you about this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. 14 draws in 21 home league games. W- what is all that about? Well, first of all, I never get sick of being asked questions about Lincoln City, so <laughs> please don't think that I could talk about it all day. Um, so I think to, to get some context, we have to go back to last season. And uh, last season, we uh, flattered to deceive. We struggled at home. We lost a lot of games at home, games that we we probably shouldn't have lost. We had a soft underbelly um, that, that was all too often exposed. So um, coming into this season, we needed to see a, a little bit of solidity, a little bit of um, kind of uh, purpose. Uh, and that certainly happened. We went to three at the back. Um, we set up not to get beat. We don't do that intentionally against certain teams. But for instance, if Sheffield Wednesday come to town, you know they're going to attack you. Um, so we let them have the ball. We let teams that are going to play it around the back do so. Um, and sometimes that can lead to boring stalemates, Charlton, Cambridge, really, really poor games, nil-nil. Um, we struggled to hold on to a lead for a little while. We struggled with scoring goals at times this season. Whenever a problem has arisen, the manager has, has, has kind of moved to correct it. And in recent weeks, we've won more home games. Um, we've only lost one all season. So whilst we're looking at 14 draws, you know, we we went almost a calendar year without losing a game. And the only one we lost was, was, was to Peterborough. So I think it's a sign of the evolution of the squad rather than a sign of any kind of negativity, or at least that's certainly what we hope. So no kind of um, frustration. And I suppose you look at your home record that, that you have just lost once all season. Is there a frustration that you couldn't turn some of those into wins and, and, and maybe a, be a little bit closer to the top six? Or is it, like you say, a bit more of a slower process than that? Um, yes and no, because I think that we look at some of the games that we've drawn at home uh, and early doors, particularly Fleetwood 2-0 up, drew 2-2. Forest Green, awful team, drew 1-1. We drew with Exeter City. We've drawn with Accrington Stanley. We've drawn with Cambridge United. Yeah, we, we've drawn with teams at home that, yeah, and I, I say this with the greatest respect because it, it always sounds arrogant, but teams that we expect to beat. Uh, and, you know, Lincoln City, we're not a behemoth. We're not one of the big teams in the division. But when you look at the fixture list, there are teams that you think, given that we were in the playoff final two years ago, 
we should beat those. So there's a frustration there. And what did I roll off there? Five, six games. That would be an extra 12 points. Actually, if you look at it, we, it would leave us on the cusp of the playoffs. Maybe there's such a big gap between probably ninth and the playoffs um, that, yeah, I do think if we'd improved in a couple of those games, we'd still only be knocking kind of just on the inside of the top 10. So I'll take it as a positive. I'll take it as a building block. All good houses have strong foundations. That's what I keep rattling out on the podcast. And and that's I'll stick to that story until next season. Is it me? I, I think I speak to a lot of people uh, who are in and around the middle of the table. They're not quite in. They're not quite in the bottom seven. They're not quite in the top six or seven. Is it me or or is the are the teams the top half a dozen or so teams? Are they genuinely that far ahead of the pack, or has it just been one of those seasons? Or or is there lots of work to do for the chasing pack behind them? Um, I think they're that far ahead of the pack in terms of finances, and I think that that's um, that's really important. Probably the only team that I I don't count in that are Plymouth. You know, Plymouth are in my mind, um, and again, they might not like me saying this, they are a League One club and they've done really well to be where they are. Whereas Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Bolton, Barnsley, they're championship clubs. Um, they've got the, uh, and I'd throw Portsmouth and Charlton into there. They've got the resources to be better than they are. Um, even the teams like Sheffield Wednesday are tumbling away at the moment. They shouldn't be. You know, those teams should be 20, 30 points ahead of Lincoln City, of Morecambe, of Bristol Rovers, of Cambridge. Um, I actually don't. I don't think on any given day they are particularly good teams. We we haven't lost to a team that currently in the top four, and we've played them all twice. Um, obviously, we're at such a late stage of the season. I think in the top ten, I think everybody in the top ten we've lost three times, and two of those were against Peterborough. So, I, I don't think there's as much of a gap. Um, uh, I don't think League One is as good as people probably say it is. I I, I think it's um, yeah. The quality hasn't impressed me. If I'm Sheffield Wednesday and I'm paying £21,000 for Barry Bannon in midfield, I'm still third in League One. That's disappointing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that that's the bottom line of it all, isn't it? When you go to the big grounds, the Hillsboroughs and, and, and Portman Road and Pride Park and all of those, for us, it's a great day out. But if you're a, a fan of that club, you're thinking, what the heck are we doing in League One? A bit like Sunderland, I suppose, in that regard. Spend five years in the third tier and you think, well, what the hell were we, we, we doing here in the first place? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, do you know what? I I hate the term day out at football, but it is. But I, I always think when I get on the bus to go to football, this isn't a day out. This is a serious sporting contest. And then you get to Pride Park and you look around and you're like, wow, this is tremendous. Um, and, and so, yeah, we have had some good days out. Hillsborough is always a nice, colourful day out as well. Um, but those clubs are where they are for a reason. And, and, you know, until the first weekend in May, they're no better or worse than us. There's 24 teams in League One and and, and only three of them are going to go up and only four are going to go down. And, you know, probably, you know, I, I said at the top of the conversation there that Charlton and Portsmouth, you know, traditionally championship clubs, but are they, you know, six, seven, eight years kind of out of that level or, or, or dropping in and out of that level? I'm not so sure. So, it's an interesting division, isn't it? Because it's, I don't think there's any division in English football that has such a contrast of haves and have-nots. Even the National League, Wrexham and Notts County are way up there, but everybody else is much of a muchness. This division is really strange. Now, Gary, I, I thought and I hoped and prayed I'll be talking to you uh, today uh, with you firmly mid-table, nothing to play for, on the beach, everything's good. And then I look at your results and I think, ah, Easter Monday, Plymouth nil, Lincoln City 2. Great. Oh, 
Lincoln nil, Barnsley nil. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so that's not quite the case, is it? I wish it was, but uh, you still look like you're, you're playing for something. You know what? It's actually completely the opposite. Up until, I mean, we we're only mathematically safe courtesy of the draw against Barnsley, but in real terms, we've probably been safe for six weeks in most people's eyes. Uh, and it's that period of time, it's that it's that kind of um, safety that has allowed some of our players to start playing with a little bit more freedom. When we went to Sheffield Wednesday, we'd lost three on the bounce. There was still a little bit of fear of relegation. We drew there. I think that was the day. And since then, we seem to have been playing with the shackles off. With some of our best football, and I'm not just not just because it's Plymouth away, but some of our best football has come in the last couple of weeks. I th- we were excellent against Barnsley on, on Tuesday night. One or two players suddenly look like they're playing with freedom. I wonder if it's a case of a rookie manager or a rookie head coach uh, has been as hard to beat as he can until he thinks we're safe and then has kind of just taken the shackles off and said, well, let's have a look what we can do. What you know, Can we continue? Can we attack? but continue to be tough at the back? Or am I going to sacrifice one for the other? If he if he is doing that and he's finding out that actually we can do both, I think that League One needs to look out next season. Um, if it's just psychological and next season we start the first game going, let's not get beat, then you know it'll be pretty much the same. And suppose that's uh, that, that's the acid test, isn't it, for Mark Kennedy? You, know, you get a new head coach, one of these, the new breed, the new generation, if you like. It's... Uh, it's impressing or, or getting your foot through the door and keeping your foot in the door first and foremost, and then you can move on and, and hopefully see what happens next season. Yeah, massively. And and I think we've seen Mark grow, grow um, over the course of the season. Yeah, This is a man, I remember him taking umbrage with me because we said, oh, what is, what's it like as a new head coach? He said, I've had 40 years in football or 30 odd years in football. Yeah, I know football, I'm, I'm, I'm experienced. This is a new role for me, but it's still coaching. And I kind of, yeah, it's a fair point, Mark. I get that. But at the beginning of the season, his, his interviews, his post-match interviews and his pre-match interviews were a little bit, that's not my department or this isn't me. And you know, we've seen his, his tactics evolve. We started four at the back and we beat Bristol Rovers 6-3 and he went to three at the back because we scored six, but we conceded three and he's gone, that's not good enough. We need to be tight. Then we were dour, not scoring, got knocked out of the FA Cup by Chippenham. We need to tweak it again and again. So he, he's been learning on the job a little bit in terms of you know being the head coach. He's grown massively now. His pre-match and post-match interviews are informative. He still avoids the questions. He's, he, he has a certain dignity about him, which Danny and Nicky had. Danny and Nicky Cowley, which we really like. He's certainly got a lot of fans on side. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what he can do next season. Now, the slight caveat, Gary, that uh, we're speaking uh, before our respective games at the weekend. We are away at Charlton, so hopefully by the time people are listening to this podcast on uh, Sunday or Monday, uh, we are going to be, fingers crossed, we beat Charlton and then Oxford also lose. Uh, we'll be just above or just below the relegation line, only on goal difference. If it goes very badly, uh, we will be effectively relegated because we'd be six points adrift with two to play and significantly worse goal difference. So uh, lots of significance uh, on Saturday, first and foremost. But hopefully we're still going to, uh, when you come to the Mazuma a week on Saturday, yeah, there's still going to be something to play for, hopefully. Yeah, do you know what? I, I'd hope so. And I'm not saying this just because I'm on your podcast, because it'd be easy to be sycophantic because I've been invited on. Um, but Morecambe's promotion was a, a, a big story, in my opinion, um, because you know you were struggling at the foot of League Two when we were there, kind of every year, you know, staying up. Everyone's going, oh, they've done so well to stay up, and then here you are, League playing League One football. I, I massively respect that. 
Um, and I respect teams that do it the right way. I respect teams that, like Accrington, like yourselves, uh, not Forest Green, um, who live within their means, who are sustainable, who who try and do things the right way. And I know you've had your issues in that area as well with with takeover and things like that. And I'd love nothing more than than for you to stay up. I really would, because this league is beautiful because of the differences in uh, the teams it, it, because teams like Cambridge United and, and, and Morecambe and Accrington and Forest Green and Lincoln are mixing it with teams that have been in the Premier League. That's its beauty. And you know, the, 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 when the smaller teams, and please forgive me for saying that if it's offensive, when the smaller teams drop out and bigger teams like Lane Orient, who could get 10, 12,000 when they come up or, or, or um, Bradford City, it just dilutes the overall experience. I'm coming to the Mazuma. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to, well, it's my stag do, so I really can't wait, but I'm looking forward to it just as much as we're looking forward to going to Hillsborough because it's a different football experience. Um, and why did you choose uh, this particular game? Is it just because it's Morecambe and it's spring and it's going to be nice and it's by the coast? Well, what, what made you come to Morecambe uh, for your stag weekend, Gary? Um, so, I mean, it's bank holiday weekend, obviously. So we, we go into Morecambe and then onto the Lake District. So it just all kind of fell in nicely. We're staying in Keswick. Um, dad, my dad came away to Morecambe last season, I think, and it was you know, absolutely loved it. Or he's been away to Morecambe. It might have been in League Two. Um, so, yeah, it just it just seemed to fit. So um, I 10 tickets to drop on my mat this morning as well. So we're all ready to go. Fancy dress, keep an eye out for us in the stand. Oh, fantastic. Well, I might have to come around to the away end because from where the press box is, from where you're going to be, it's, a, it's an easy sort of walk down the steps and round. So uh, I might have to come and seek you out there, Gary. So hopefully, yeah, your, stag, hopefully your stag goes great, but uh, the results on the pitch uh, and not, I suppose, if you've had, you know, if it's just stag, you've had a few jars. I don't suppose you'll care too much, will you, really? But uh, you know, from that point of view, uh, hopefully we can we can get the job done. Um, what have you made of the bottom uh, bit of the table, Gary? It seems to be very very similar to last season, certainly in terms of the amount of points that you were likely to need. It's going to be a few more than last season, of course. It was forty last season. It's looking about the forty-five. Oh, well, hopefully it's 45 because that'll mean we only need two wins and a draw. Uh, but uh, 45, 46, and, and, and it's, a, it's a few more. But it's been very similar, hasn't it, in terms of uh, uh, that number of points and also the teams in and around the bottom six, seven, eight clubs. Apart yeah, from Oxford, absolutely. of course. And then yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, first of all, and I don't know if your listeners may have got this, I'm absolutely delighted that Forest Green have gone down. Um, and, you know, One team, when I look down the list, I'll go, I'd like them to be relegated. The other are MK Dons who have, have struggled, but I think that they'll stay up. Um, but yeah, Oxford are a strange one. So I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was the 18-19 season where they were in the kind of bottom six all season and then ended up finishing 10th because they went on a run. They you know, they they can be an absolute catastrophe or they can they can do well. I think that's I think that's a danger when you stagnate in this division as well. And um there's little surprise in what in what I call the second season syndrome. You've seen that with Cambridge United. Um, obviously gone kind of down the bottom. That that doesn't massively surprise me. Port Vale look like they're struggling. Um, it, it's almost it's, it's like the top. Look, on any given day, any team in the bottom four or the bottom six can beat any team six, seven, ten places above them. I mean, we've you know we've we've lost games against teams who um, who have certainly looked like they're going to struggle or, or or may be relegated. Um, you know, we've, we've not lost that many games to be fair, but Port Vale, for instance, beat us two 0 and they're not that great. So um, I keep going on about how lovely this, how beautiful this league is. It's easy to say that when you used when you used to go away to Welling and Borough and Wood and Bromley, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Um, but you know the, the bottom just kind of it, it it really does prove that. And somebody said to me, fifty-one points, Lincoln, stay up. And I said, I, I think forty-six keeps you up, and I, I stand by that this season. 
I, I really hope you're right because that means we won't have to win all three of our remaining games. And you, you're dead right about the the disparity of the league. We've beat Barnsley, we beat obviously Wickham last week. Uh, we've got uh, other good draws against Derby and, and other teams in the top. And then we caught, we couldn't beat Forest Green, couldn't beat uh, Cambridge, got hammered by Charlton, and, and a bit lost to Port Vale on Boxing Day. So uh, it is the swings and roundabouts. Any given day, any results possible. Uh, how do you see it going then, Gary, next Saturday? I don't mean to break your heart. I really don't. Um, <laughs> but you're going to anyway, okay? Uh, yeah, I, I think that the, I, I think by the time we come to you next season, next week, sorry, um, neither team will have anything to play for. Uh, I, I genuinely, unfortunately, believe that, um, and I think therefore we're probably more likely to take the win. We're playing with the shackles off. Um, and there's going to be a couple of players playing for their for their lives. I'm going to go with a, a, a two 0 Lincoln City win. I wouldn't expect you to say anything else, Gary, to be perfectly honest. Uh, give us a bit of a rundown of the team then, if you may. It's, it, the personnel is uh, it, it's quite different to our encounter uh, earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll start likely with Carl Rushworth in goal. He's suspended at the moment um, but being after being sent off against Port Vale. Jordan Wright, I understood he's just signed a new deal, but I think I think Rushworth will play. He's, he's been one of our players of the season, England under-21 keeper. We'll then go th- uh, we'll go three at the back, so it'll be three centre halves. Uh, likely uh, fitness uh, allowing Pony O'Connor, um, who's been absolutely superb player of the season. Adam Jackson, another player of the season candidate, who's been with us three years now, um, and and possibly Regan Paul, who will move to the championship in the summer. Um, we'll have on the uh, two wing backs, likely Lass Sorensen, who is has been is risen like Lazarus. Um, he was a player that very few considered a first team player. Our, our right backs all got injured. He's played there. He's been superb. Uh, and Sheffield United loanee Harry Boy's on the left. Ethan Arahan will play in the midfield. He's arrived arrived in January from St Mirren. He's a club record purchase. There's no number on it, but he's he's a, a good six figure sum. He is outstanding for this division. But he's a worker. He's not going to get among the goals, but he's a key man. He'll likely be partnered by Matty Virtue uh, in the middle of the park. And then it will be a a three-pronged attack. Ben House, almost certainly, he's looking for 14 goals if he's not on them already. And if he gets that, he'll be our highest scorer from open play in in this division, I think, since 1983. Uh, And then either side of him, depending on fitness, likely to be Midi Shadipo, who, again, we signed in um, in January on loan from QPR, uh, and Danny Mandrew, who we brought in pre-season. However, we've got a young lad called Dylan Duff, who we brought in again in January um, from University College Dublin, um, and he was outstanding against Barnsley. Uh, well, I say outstanding, he was very good against Barnsley, 20 years old, so it's, we may we may give him a game. Well, hopefully, Gary, that's not going to be the, on Saturday, it's not going to be the last time that we play each other uh, for a little while. Uh, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I think it is going to be swings and roundabouts. Personally, I think we are going to take it to the final game of the season against, uh, we've got Exeter away on the 7th of May. So, uh, fingers crossed that we've, I oh, know, exactly. Uh, fingers crossed we've still got something to play for there. Just before you go, Gary, I just wanted to talk to you very quickly about uh, uh, managerial situations. Obviously, you're very happy with uh, Mark Kennedy at the moment, and uh, you hope he's going to go on to bigger and better things with the club next season. But uh, Michael Appleton, Cowley brothers, both out of work at the moment. Could you see uh, down the track a return for either of those to uh, Sinselbank? Uh-huh. I'm not going to get drawn on that. Um, I Michael Appleton, no, no chance whatsoever. Um, he's not a person I think that we would ever have back at the, the football club, and that's not an animosity thing. It's just 
there, there was no um there was no link to the fans i really liked him on a personal level he's a really nice guy uh, but he has a certain demeanor about him that simply doesn't kind of garner kind of supporter back in Mark Kennedy's the man to take us forward right now. So to speculate on who might come afterwards would be wrong. Um, but you you never say never when it comes to Danny and Nikki. What I would say is I think that the method that they used or employed to get us promoted from the National League and from League Two, you know, we had a decent budget for the division. Um, we didn't buy the division. We, we weren't a... Um, I'm not going to say them again, but we weren't like those lot that have just been relegated. <laughs> uh, but I think in League One, it, it takes a different approach. And I think the, for the club's longevity, we're now looking at bringing in exciting young coaches who have worked with young players in under 18, 21 setups that they can kind of bring through and develop. So um, you'd never say never, uh, but I hope that Mark Kennedy, has, he's got a four-year deal. I hope that in four years or three years, he's still with us and we're in the championship. Very, very diplomatic way to end there, Gary. Thanks so much indeed. Uh, just before you go, give us the plug one more time for uh, the uh, brilliant Stacey West. StaceyWest.net is the website. You can find the podcast on all your usual podcast channels. And if you're interested in the life and times of a football mascot, I do have a book on Amazon called Suited and Booted, uh, which covers my 16 years as Poacher the Imp. And it's, it's very good as well. You've, you've kind of been a master of all jobs over the years at Lincoln, haven't you? So the ideal man to, to get the lowdown on the club, I suppose. I've done a few bits and bobs. I've never actually directly been employed by the club in a paid role, um, but I've yeah I've volunteered and done different bits and bobs. So I just love Lincoln City, as I'm sure you do, Morecambe. Gary, we'll try and catch up uh, during your stag. Heaven knows what state you'll be in by the time I get round to you, but uh, we'll do our best. And uh, good luck for next season, of course, as well. And uh, hopefully you're going to come again and be a force in and around the playoffs or, or maybe even better next season. Smashing good luck and I sincerely hope that you stay up. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.